Roll for initiative. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your RPG. We're not better gamers than you. We all just have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role-playing game is to have fun. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm the curmudgeon. Joining me, as always, is the legend, Carrie. Hi. And Jason, the favorite. Uh, and also the one who's read the most racist role-playing game ever this week. I am excited to hear about that. Oh, I'm less, not. Less once you hear about it. Yeah. All right. Well, just so that everybody knows where they can find us. We're here. We're here. Okay. Yeah. You can also go to our website, onarollpodcast.com. The podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere else that you find all of the podcasts that you think are all right. Yeah. Can they also find us at Teakwood Studios here at your house? What is Teakwood Studios? Isn't that what you call this place? No, this is Real Fun Studios. Okay. Yeah. Silly. Silly. Silly goose. Silly goose. Uh, we're on Twitter at Honor Roll Podcast. We're on Facebook.com slash group slash Honor Roll Podcast. And of course, you can send us an email at hosts at honorrollpodcast.com. And finally, if you like the show and you'd like to become a patron and get some free stuff and maybe even mentioned on the show, you can reach out to patreon.com slash Podcast. So before we go any further, let's talk about people who have found us on patreon.com slash on a roll podcast what well i'd like to we we have all of our wizard level backers who, who do i'd like have? to talk about who's number one well the number one is always cameron uh, <laughs> he's my favorite so sick of him you know who i'm not sick of who ryan martin that's I li- true i like ryan martin yeah He's my favorite. Are Ryan. you sick of anyone, Jason? No, I'm not sick of anyone, but I do remember that Drew Stevens is my favorite. Aww. That's adorable. Yeah. Totes Here. adorbs. I finally heard back from Noah Coltrip. Uh, we have our stuff? He, We don't. He's working on it, though. Okay. So working on it. One of the awards that you can get by backing us at certain levels on Patreon is we will roast your character. What? Yeah. And uh, so Noah has the list of questions and is working on them, and we'll get back to us, and then we'll we'll get a, get his character on the show. All right. Anybody else? And then lastly, uh, we have She Who Shall Not Be Named, which is named Hilga the Giant Slayer. Oh. Okay. But we forgot somebody. We forgot me. Oh. We forgot you. I'm amazing. You are amazing. (laughs) But you're not a Patreon backer. Oh. You're not. So you need to get on that. I mean, I'll patronize you. So if I wanted to have my name said on this show, I would go to patreon.com slash podcast. And then I would back at least at the wizard level or higher, and yeah. I get, get awesome free stuff. You do. You can get postcards. You can get books. There's shout all out. shout outs. There's all types of fun stuff. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, we'd love to give you a shout out too, and we'd love to give you some free stuff. So uh, help keep the show on the air by becoming a patron Yay. of it. So there you go. Well, when last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were sitting at this table recording a podcast. So, Jason, what's new? Uh, let's see. A lot of work, like always. Still? Yeah, well, I'm on night shift right now, so it's crazy. Uh, and I'm going to be doing some overtime soon. In fact, next week we may have to record on a Saturday. Ruh, roll. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's really it. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. that's 
not true. Uh, yeah, that's right. We went to Space Slurp last we night, did didn't we? Space And it, it's the first time that I've really gotten to play a game that was rules light, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say no rules. No, there it's were pretty some. Close. Pretty close. Uh, and uh, most of them were just guidelines, as in... Like, there's a combat system, but the combat system is... Consent. Talk it out. Talk it out. <laughs> right? It's very consent-based. Yeah. yeah. Well, you say bang, and the other person probably takes a wound. Right. And you can... You have three. And wounds. Wounds. Yeah. Like and, health levels. Yeah, right? health levels. And you don't do all of them in one combat, because it's supposed to just be like, Oh, I shot at him, and he shot me back, and... So I ran he, away. So yeah. I ran away. Right. Bullets hurt. Bullets hurt, and yeah. we stopped fighting. Right. And, uh, yeah, other than that, I had a great time. What'd you play? I played a water merchant, because on this planet, there's a shortage of water. Mm-hmm. What did you play? I know you played a hat. Yeah. <laughs> you did have a good hat. I had an awesome hat. I yeah. got this really cool top hat. Yeah. I've always wanted a top hat. I'm kind of an Abe Lincoln fan, and yeah. I've always wanted a top hat, but I've never had, like, you don't wear a top hat out in public. Well, now you do. Now and, you do that uh, you have one. <laughs> so I bought a top hat for this character because I thought this is my the only opportunity I might ever have. <laughs> this is my um, top hat moment. Yeah. But I played I played a refugee from another world, from a, a different planet who has come to this one hoping to find work because uh, there is still some water on this on world. On this planet. Yeah. Right. And so I ended up... Uh, because the, my job on a, on the last you know where I came from, my job was I ran I ran a ranch, and so I'm helping the the big local rancher with some business things. She kept calling me the accountant. I and don't know why. There was I, something, and then, and then I you got called it. the lawyer for a little <laughs> bit. The too. That was... I was the lawyer, yeah. But I, I'm really kind of just a a, a failed businessman, <laughs> I guess, who's trying to start over. Yeah. And now we're going to find out if that's going to work or not. Right. We'll see. <laughs> There's know. already problems. Yeah. So. so, Carrie, what did you play? I played a space poet. A space poet? Yeah. Give us some space poetry. All right. So, I didn't have time to write any poetry for this character yet. <sighs> okay. So, I found a... That sounds like a space cop-out. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I found a poem generator. <laughs> okay. Let's I'm hear like, it. And after uh, putting in water... In like okay. echo and, and like a couple keywords to describe uh, like the lack of water on the planet. Mm-hmm. This is what it gave me. Don't believe that the lake is fat free. The lake is fat beyond belief. Lapping. Why is it so fat? I like it. That was amazing. It was ridiculous. I'm surprised you didn't get a chance to read that at game. <laughs> I'm disappointed she didn't get to read it at game. It was so, I was crying. I was laughing so hard when it, it gave me that. I was stuff. just like, what the hell? That's super awesome. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be doing uh, space water poetry at yeah. some point. But I thought it was a good game. It was. It was lots yeah. of fun. I really enjoyed I our characters. Have any of us ever played a rules like game before? Wasn't the wasn't the seventh sea larp that we played kind of a had little a lot bit more mechanics in this? Yeah, no, it had a lot more list. mechanics because oh, yeah. the mechanics were all those social cues. And, oh, that's right, that's yeah. right, and stuff. I mean, which was fun, but it was a little overwhelming if you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Also, you guys didn't play, but the week before. 
the new vampire game started. That's right. And I, had, I got to play in it. You guys didn't, though. Right. It was my first so. night off work in forever, and I decided to sleep instead. I <laughs> No, I should have, but, uh, but I was And so I don't tired. remember if I was sick or Dakota was sick, but one of us was sick, and so so I stayed home yeah. with Dak. So you played the new vampire game. I did play the new vampire game, and I'm really excited about my... I'm playing a Nosferatu, my, a tea Nosferatu. She has tea all the time. It's You're cute. getting a Lolita dress, right? I am. I am. <laughs> That's so ah, crazy. So Are ridiculous. you going to cover it with bugs? I am. You should leave it outside. No. The way it'll get all wilted no. and dirty no. and ancient looking. Gross. Exactly. No, no gr- like for real gross, not like Well, you wash it and then it has all the stains. No, I'm I'm good. If there's going to be stains, I'll put them there on purpose. We'll burn it a little bit. No, I'm good, guys. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not paying money for a dress just to burn it. We could take it. I love back how to the we. Back. I love how this we suddenly yeah. is involved. And then we'll shoot it a bunch of bullet holes all in it. Gosh, it could be a lot of fun. Wow. Good night. No. So I'm very excited. I'm slowly putting. I, I feel like for the past three weeks, I've been slowly putting both of these costumes together. Right. So I've been doing lots of so that. Your costume was really cool too. I like your you. nose ring. I can't believe you got a piercing just. For I know, this. right? No. <laughs> Although I would, it was cute. I looked good with it. Yeah, so. You did look good. And yeah. it would keep you from rooting around. That's true. I, I, do that, I do that quite a bit. I do that quite a bit. And I've also been doing, I'm, I'm, my Twitch stream is going pretty pretty well. Right. So. Twitch.tv slash Real Fun Studios? Yeah. Oh. What? what? Well, that's good. I'm glad right. that Twitch is working out. So have, if, You've been doing a bunch of work for uh, the gun belt. Creatures. I have. So how about we pass this along to you? What have you been working on? I'm I'm work still working with Ashley on the gun belt, which is the the tabletop RPG that that I'm developing with him. We are excited because we're going to be doing some playtesting at Conuga. Next. Um, it's not vaporware anymore. It's actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. And we're going to do uh, <laughs> we're going to be playtesting in April at Conglomeration in mm-hmm. Louisville, and then I'm- at Lexicon in Lexington. So like we're. Push them really hard, and hopefully sometime during the summer we'll be doing the Kickstarter and, and get the book out at by the end of the year is the hope. That sounds so great. We'll see, but it's kind of exciting, and Carrie's been doing a bunch of artwork for I the, have. For the Beast Can we post some of that on yeah, the... Yeah, I'll tell you what. I can post on our, our Patreon. So if you are if you want to see some of the work, go to our Patreon. Where's that at? It's patreon.com slash podcast. We're All so right. professional. Very uh-huh. cool. And and you can follow, you know, the gunbelt.com will take you to the gunbelts uh, Facebook page if you want to follow along. Uh, yeah. Just I'm beginning excited. to start. Or, or follow, or, you know, follow me on Twitch and you can watch me actually make the art. Yeah, that's very Ooh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I like that. It's sort of neat. One of the really exciting things that we came up with is we're doing this really cool thing with all of the animals in our bestiary for, you know, the concept of the gun belt. I think we've talked about it before, but for those of, who are just kind of joining us, the idea behind the gun belt is it's it's cowboys and pew, aliens. Pew, pew. <laughs> cowboys and cowboys and aliens riding uh riding dinosaurs in a wild west world without wheels. That's like the pitch. Yep. And magnet uh, punk in the yeah, old west. Magnet punk, wild west magnet punk. And uh, one of the cool things about it though is because all the animals are are dinosaurs, we've done this thing where all of the animals in the bestiary are like a mixture of real world current animals for us with a dinosaur. Right. Kind of, kind of combined, and so it's it's super cool. Like there's a Herodon. That's my favorite so far. Like this vicious rat, you know, this vicious rabbit that with these giant. I didn't know that's what teeth. it was called. I love the picture. Yeah, it's so good. And, and we've got a um, a Velosa goat. Yeah, I did see the Velosa goat. It's yeah. cool. So it's yeah. pretty cool. So yeah. anyway, if you want to see that stuff, you can go there. 
So, but that's kind of that's what I've been up to. That's what everybody's been up to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what do you say we go to combat rounds? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, if, I mean, if, if you if you're yeah. okay with it, I'm okay with it. I, I will allow it. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Welcome to combat rounds. Nice. It was almost it was almost Mission Impossible. Uh, yeah, I, I realized as I was going, I was like, that's not the right one. <laughs> well, uh, t- today's topic is a little bit complex and a little bit sens- sensitive. Uh, because sensitivity is actually kind of the topic today, but we'll get into that more. But on the, you know, speaking of sensitivity, Jason, uh, tell us a little bit about the most racist game ever that you've heard about. So, since we're going to talk about a really sensitive topic today, let's open with a game called Racial Holy War. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Okay, so I haven't actually read this game. <laughs> I want to make that clear. Uh, I have seen the cover art, and it is uh, an intimidating-looking bald guy staring directly into your soul. <laughs> He's extremely white. Is it? <laughs> so this, uh, uh, I'm sure a lot of people know about 1.4chan or 1D4chan, which is one of the, the chans out there. I, I don't go to it myself regularly. I just know for if it's got 4chan in it, it's bad. Well, no. This is that, one is specifically about... Uh, role-playing games okay. and it's not like I said I don't frequent it myself but uh, I've looked at the wiki some because it talks about role-playing games and so of course sure. I, I don't remember how I even stumbled across this but one night <laughs> right. I'm I looking just imagine role-playing. you go googling racist <laughs> well, role-playing games I don't know how I found it this. may have been as simple as we've talked about this topic that we're I'm not a racist role-playing <laughs> gamer but some of my friends are right <laughs> <laughs> So I was Googling this for a friend. <laughs> no. So the whole premise of the game is that you're white people living in the last days of a racial holy war and you're trying to fight off everybody else. And the Sound, it sounds a lot like Werewolf the Apocalypse <laughs> so far. Oh my gosh. Go on, Jason. So one of the things that the, the reviewer talks about is the fact that obviously the subject matter is awful. Yeah, and it fails in that regard to create a you know an interesting world that people want to live in, mm-hmm. but it also fails because the system is completely broken and is half written. Isn't that funny? Like, not only is it racist garbage, it's also mechanically unplayable. Right. It's like, <laughs> the guy said that the the worst game ever is Fatal and, until this game was published, and now it's the new what is, worst. What is Fatal? I don't know enough about Fatal to speak about it because I've been avoiding it for years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All I know is that it's really inappropriate, <laughs> but mechanically functional. <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, Plenty right. of our listeners have probably read it, but I read enough about <laughs> it to know I didn't want to. But we don't want to know if you know about we, it. We don't know anything about Fatal, but some of our friends who listen to the podcast do. I'm sure they do. <laughs> so anyway, um, and I thought it was very interesting that when I showed up today, you're like, hey, I've been working on this new topic, sensitivity in role-playing games, or better put, do we need to have people who check us for sensitivity. Right. An editor, per se. And then there's this other guy out there who wrote a game who's like, you know what? Fuck sensitivity. <laughs> or Jeez. common sense. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or playability. Look, the reality is that there is a market for anything. 
Yes, that's true. And he uh-huh. has found the market that he wants to write for and is writing for it. And well, no, I don't... in the name of freedom of speech, good for him. In the name of society, fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't sell any copies. Right. I don't really know. I've never seen it for sale, and I hope not to. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine going into a gaming store and seeing that. I'd or, be like, what? Or somebody has to go up and be like, hey. <laughs> do, you, do you have? I need, I need, uh. I need some, uh, you got some of that racial holy war back there. (laughs) So this whole thing, the idea for this show came about because I am on a few Facebook groups because I am currently, you know, an independent game developer. I'm developing some of those developing Facebook groups. So there's a bunch of game development Facebook groups and I'm on some of them. What's led to this show is that someone on one of those groups who is developing their own game posted a question. And they basically said, uh, I'm going to read it. How many of you have begun looking into sensitivity readers or editors to look for matters of offensive language? And if you have, where's the best place to find those people? Um, So essentially, you have a game designer who said, I'm looking for an editor to do a sensitivity pass on my work. And and who do you know? You know, right. Yeah. Well, initially, that was met by a few people who actually offered advice. You know, I, I know this guy or I know this gal or whatever. Here are the, where you can yeah, go to find that. being helpful. Uh, but then somebody, uh, somebody, two or three posts down said, I'd never use such a thing. Don't like my game the way it's written? That's fine. There's other games out there. And that began the thread of doom in which it was over and over again hit with things like, I don't go out of my way to annoy people, and certain segments of the population will be outraged no matter what I do. So I refuse to pander to them and ignore them when I do hear them. Get woke, go broke. And a bunch of other people started posting to to that end, basically saying, uh, you can't make everybody happy. There's no need for a sensitivity editor because if you spend your time, do all your money doing that, you're not going to make any money on your product. And it was basically uh, a pretty awful, awful thing. Uh, what's the What's the next step? Do we take all great writers in history and run their works through software to edit it? Uh, repressing freedom of speech and creative ideas. Uh, it's just the it get it got pretty pretty awful. Um, if you write like a bigot and it offends people, then they'll let you know. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's true. true. Yes, that is true. But RPGs are not a collective body that should polarize into political rhetoric. So uh, all of this is to say that, that people really pushed back on this idea. It, it became uh, social justice warriors are ruining our role-playing games. Not again. Uh, and, <sighs> and this topic, you know, this came up a few weeks ago and then a few months ago and a few other times, like with all the problems that White Wolf has had over the course of the last year, where right. they have printed material that was, that was, that was offensive and, and people went nuts over it. And their fandom was filled with people arguing, don't let social justice warriors ruin my vampire. And this is fiction. And it's fiction that's supposed to be a world of darkness, so it should be dark fiction. It should offend people. Uh, And all sorts of things like that. And so I thought, let's talk about this community phenomenon that's going on. And and also, I think I'd like to talk about the idea of should developers be writing sensitively, I guess. All right, well, (laughs) let's let's start from the, the angle of the community. What's the big deal about expecting things that you read to, at the very least, have attempted to, to be more sensitive? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to read a book in which the grammar is so bad that I can't follow it. And there's some writers out there that need an editor to kind of get their work into shape, right? Right. And there's plenty of, uh, you know, I, of course, I read a lot of science fiction and fantasy, especially when I was younger. And you would read something and you would realize that the author had messed up and forgotten a character or a location or something mm-hmm. like that. And a really good editor would have helped him catch that. Right. And so editing for content is a very standard practice in uh, book publishing, especially if you're publishing um, through a major company. Right. So what's the big deal about somebody saying, hey, I want my books to also be aware of things that I may be saying that will offend others? If I want someone to be offended, I want it to be a deliberate choice that I make. Right. Yeah. Like maybe this content is meant to be offensive to reflect what a character is like. I find this interesting because I was telling Carrie that that I equate this a little bit to the the global warming uh, climate change argument, right? It's, that it's made up? No, I'm just yes. kidding. No, but that's exactly where I'm going. <laughs> well, yeah, but actually, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I, I do not... Okay, I, I believe in climate change. Okay? Sure. But I don't understand why you have to believe in climate change to... Be a good steward of our environment. Absolutely. Does that pollution, make sense? Like, pollution is bad. Pollution is bad. You Period. Can, <laughs> you can look at a smokestack spewing toxic black smoke into the air and know that that is probably harmful. Global warming doesn't have to be real to regulate that. So apply that directly. Give me an example of what you mean. I do not have to be a social justice warrior to know that I shouldn't put the N-word in my book. That's fair. <laughs> right? You know, or you and, don't need to be a social justice warrior to, to go, wow, I don't have a single female character that speaks in this chapter. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't... Inclusion does not necessarily require me to be uh, a social justice warrior or a sensitivity expert or any of those things. There is no reason why someone in my book can't just be gay because I want to put somebody in my book that's gay because that reflects real society. Okay. I don't have to do it. Like that doesn't become wrong to do it just simply because that's how things are now. I get it. So what you're saying is if you were writing a book or a role playing game or whatever, it makes sense to have a variety of different people in it regardless. Because that's just how the world is now. Well, it's always been that way. I just realize it, it now. And it is it is super easy as an artist, as a writer, as whatever you are, you know, a game mm-hmm. producer, to not realize you're doing those things. Um, I just did a, a convention cover oh, where, right. I w- yeah. where I was asked to put the two main people that are the guest in the center and have them surrounded by a bunch of enemies right. surrounding them. And I drew it, I drew everyone around them, and then I was looking at it, and, and it didn't click for a second what was wrong, and then I realized I made every single one of the bad guys a guy. That's yeah, not inclusive. women can be bad people, too. Yeah, <laughs> um, You know, and, and so, like, I actually had to, to go, I always joke and say, I had to go Michelangelo, and I had to go put some boobs on them. You know, like, I had to change a couple of right. them into, <laughs> it's true, look uh, at Michelangelo's okay. women, they're not, they're not, they're, clearly he had male not models. But, like, I'm saying, like, people who make games aren't sitting there twirling their mustaches being evil guys going, 
Yes, and now we're going to be insensitive and not include everyone. I'll tell you, after reading this thread, I think there's a few out there. Okay, there might be a few out there, but I'm saying in general, like, it's really easy to not realize, wow, I didn't include any people of color in this. I didn't include any females in this. I think ultimately, for me, it boils down to I don't have to be a social justice warrior to recognize that I also don't have to be a shitty asshole. Right. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> well, and let's talk about go, uh, uh, what is it, get woke, go broke? Right. Okay. Okay, so somebody said social justice starts at home and ends there as well. Oh. <laughs> if, if someone's too sensitive to play a game that you write, then I don't need their money. Uh, let someone in their own culture step up to do the work to represent that culture. The first thing I'm going to say is... I, white guy! I yeah, do want their money. Clearly a white guy. Oh my god. If you're writing a fictional game, then just write the fictional game. I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, this thread has a lot of dumb things in it, though. And here's why. Guess what people buy? Things that they see themselves in. Right. Mm -hmm. I love the fact somebody else said, I'm not making a game to cater to the woke crowd. I'm making it because I want to. And if others like it, great. I don't expect to ever make money from it. Guess what? what? You're not. You won't. Uh. (laughs) Uh, But one one of the recurring sentiments from the less offensive people who did not were not in favor of spending money on sensitivity passes from editors. Uh, the more reasonable people who were against it made made references to things like there's always going to be someone out there that's offended by something and no game is going to make everyone happy. What do you think of that? Like, Okay, here's the deal. He's right. Not, not everybody's going to be happy. No matter how woke you are or your writing is or any of that. Somebody is still going to find something you don't like with it. Right. But if you're attempting to make something that other people like and they buy, and you want to make money from it especially, the least number of people that you offend, the better. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're going to sell more books if less people hate it. Right. You know, someone else said that once you start pandering to this outrage culture, you can never stop. And they'll make your life miserable from that point forward. Uh, well, and anybody in my life knows that I'm not really quite a social justice warrior. I mean, like, I believe that everybody should be equal, all that. I'm not getting on Facebook and, and, and screaming at people, though. And, that you know, the worst possible version of social justice warrior. But what I am saying is, you should. we should all be aware when you're writing anything, a game, a movie, a book, and you're like, hey, everybody in this is exactly like me. Right. What What are you really having to say? What do you have to say? White guys are awesome. There's a million works out there that are just a bunch of white dudes. Right. What What's the point? What have you created that's new? Sure. If you're you're not even reflecting society, you're just reflecting yourself. I, I have an interesting kind of side note to that. That's um, very interesting. It's very interesting. Artists are the pioneers of the future. Yes, absolutely. So. When an artist, when when someone who's making art, someone that's making a role-playing game, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you keep only writing for white males, it's never going to be inclusive. It, you have to, it's got to start somewhere. Why you not know, you? Why not? Why not right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I actually think that's exactly what's happening right now is that this is a revolution. 
mm-hmm. on on how we perceive things. And in society is actually going, no, we're going to change it so the next generations have it better. Absolutely. Someone posted in this thread that it's sad when we live in a world where an artist has to second guess their work because the era has gone too hypersensitive over minor issues. Worrying about what others think of your ideas suppresses the very creativity and devalues your original ideas. No, that's what editors are for. I, he went on to say, I thought as a society that all of us artists got past the medieval thought process where every idea was repressed, nudity was covered, ideas were controlled, etc. The problem isn't nudity, it's objectification. The, too many times when you see a naked woman on screen, it's not about you seeing... It's not about her being naked, it's about uh, doing some sort of fan service. You know, you're getting some dude's rocks off because he's getting a look at her naked. And you go back and look at some really talented medieval paintings, and it's not about that. It's about appreciating the female form. Right. I'm sure some of them are also about masturbating too, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway Carrie, would you like to field that one <laughs> oh absolutely i'll tell artist. you what in art school that's all we did well they said i've heard about up, art school and you're lying if you say there's not some of that they set up their <laughs> they would set up their palettes the 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 guy would would unrobe stand up on the stage and then they would all put their pencils down no and, <laughs> and, and yep. they would begin uh pleasuring themselves <laughs> wow <laughs> Wow, I was going to make a joke about the the horse we sit on, but we'll just leave that there. Speaking of sensitivity editing. (laughs) So, I'm going to bring this all back for just one second. Bring it back. At one point, uh, you know, the the big problem here was they kept saying that uh, it was not worth the money. Because you're never going to make everybody happy. Is like the, to speak for the people who were speaking reasonably whether they were wrong or not like they were being reasonable right there was a lot of people who were being knee-jerk and just being like no it's my right to be an asshole well there's not a lot of money in role-playing games we know to begin with yes but the reasonable folks were saying is this worth you know i don't know that this is worth the money and and i totally understand that from one from one perspective as a game designer um if if my game, a great example is is Chris Spivey, who wrote Harlem Unbound. Yes, right? he so, hired sensitivity editors, didn't he? I believe that he did. But, yes. Um, but the where I was going with this is he is he is a black man mm-hmm. who wrote a game about uh, about black people. Oh, yes. During a very important time in black culture the harlem renaissance in a predominantly black city harlem Mm -hmm. or well neighborhood yes uh and about the black experience there right Mm -hmm. he is he is an expert on those topics not just because of his personal experiences but also because like he has relatives that were prominent figures in that era he has studied it and he is very intelligent Mm -hmm. and and the reality is that he could have wrote that and and said this does not require a sensitivity editor because uh, I'm writing from my experiences and knowledges and, you know, I, I don't need to hire somebody to make sure I, I offend, I don't offend a, a middle-aged white guy like Jason Hughes, <laughs> right? Um, which is super easy to do. And my point is there, yeah. are, there are some projects in which you, you might earnestly not need 
to hire a sensitivity editor. Right. Right? On the mm-hmm. flip side, if I, as a heterosexual white male in his middle, you know, middle ages, in, in his middle ages, not no middle ages. It's different. <laughs> but if I decided to write Harlem Unbound, I probably should have somebody take a look at you it. Definitely not, not right? because not because I'm a racist asshole, but because as a middle aged white guy, I don't know anything about what it means to be an inner city mm-hmm. young black man growing up in that time period. Like, but I mean, that's even, not my experiences. But I mean, even like if Chris had wrote and wrote 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 no wrote because yeah. we're Roten's experts, good. we could yeah. have wrote. Yeah. <laughs> um, if he had wrote. Unbound about a reservation, a Native American reservation. Like Navajo Unbound. Yeah, Navajo Unbound. I, I really want to play that now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Probably would have he needed, would needed a, a sensitivity right. editor. Definitely. And so, so that's the first. The first piece is I think that that as a writer, you just have to decide: Am I writing something in which my topics broach things that, you know, I, I think that there is an element of if you want to not offend somebody earnestly, uh, and you're writing a topic. You're writing on topics that don't broach into those things. There are some. You have a little bit of uh, uh, of wiggle room on whether or not you hire a sensitivity editor, right? But I, I don't think it ever makes your game worse. No, no okay. It can't I, I want to say a mistake that White Wolf made in the last game. That's not one of the big ones. Okay. That <laughs> actually drew a lot of attention. This is Vampire Five. This is V Five. Uh, everybody, well, I don't know if everybody knows this, but they made some really weird choices on some of the uh, the plot stuff. You know, like vampires persecuting homosexuals because it let them get away with some other thing. Right, but that was an issue because that the they Chech- chose that the Chechnyan homosexual persecution yeah. is a real event. It's a real yeah. event, and they but, vampirized it. But what I want to say is, at the very least, they chose that. Right, there was a weird thing where they had a series of random dice rolls and. I'm not an expert on white supremacy, but if you put those numbers together, it looked like some... There is a number. I think it's like 1489 or something. Yeah, I don't something remember. like that. But Whatever there is a was, number that, that is a reference to some sort of white power yes. thing. And we're not white power experts. As Yay! Use, Yay. Right? <laughs> but they happen to use those four numbers as their example in how to roll dice. For yes. Oh my and guess gosh. what? I honestly believe it was a mistake. Probably. Probably. Because guess what? You publish enough books with random dice rolls. You're, you're going to hit four numbers. You're going to hit... Right. I'll also say, I didn't know... That those four numbers no, were no. bad. I until only this last, came out. Well, in the last year or so, people have been talking about it, but I didn't. I didn't even know it was in the book right. until people started bringing it up. So, I said all that to say, guess what? A sensitivity editor would have caught right. Yeah. right. That would have numbers, and, and and then maybe that same person would have counseled them against some of their other choices. But specifically, they would have said, "Hey, this random thing you've put in here." People will perceive this as deliberate. Yeah, right. whether you meant it or not. And yeah. if it's deliberate, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and some one of the one of the folks in this thread said there is no data that supports that having a book that is woke, right? Because uh, they were being yes. you know very negative about it. But having a book that is woke, there's no data that suggests that a woke book. Uh, sells better, or that by not being not being sensitive to social justice warriors, your book will sell better. So how's Harlem Unbound doing? Right, and that was it's award winning. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. My thought was, and in a second edition, there mm-hmm. is data that shows that it's called White Wolf Publishing. 
current White Wolf Publishing, based in, in Stockholm as part of CCP, they published V5, and it was filled with, with problematic decisions that offended a lot of people, uh, and it cost them the entire division. White Wolf Publishing was closed down, mm-hmm. and they've moved to just license the stuff out to other studios. Not CCP, Paradox. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Paradox. But they've changed hands so many times. Uh, uh, where are they now? Yeah. But the, the point is, the point is though, like, the fact that they were... Vampire the Masquerade fell victim to a point where their publishing arm was closed. That's data. And that's yeah. pretty convincing here's data. Some, here's some other data. What's the biggest selling uh, role-playing game in the world right now? Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. Isn't it... It, it, weren't we talking about this the other day that it's possibly the it has sold more books now than it ever has is correct. that correct for the last like four years in a row and it is the most inclusive that it has ever been mm-hmm. it's, uh, they also well print. over half the art right is now not white right mm-hmm. and not men and they credit their current success to two things uh, the the actual play yes yeah. and, and that is certainly a big part of it and mm-hmm. an increase in females. Uh, playing. Yep. Playing and guess game. what? People want to play things they see themselves in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I have a weird question. I have a weird answer. Um, this this part of the conversation started with people saying that they thought that it was not worth the money. Right. How much does a sensitivity editor cost? Like, is it relative to having your book just edited for grammar stuff? Is it smaller than that? Is it... Well, one of the, the suggestion that I made to the guy asking the question mm-hmm. was, tr- was if you feel like your work needs to go through a sensitivity editor, then you should see if you can find someone who is both a regular editor and sensitivity editor, mm-hmm. so that you're only paying one fee. And right. maybe that fee's a little bit more, and that fee because they're be... doing more for right. you. But what right. you don't... what. I would say is not cost effective is to pay three or four cents a word to a grammar spelling editor and then three or four cents a word to a, a sensitivity editor when you could maybe get a grammar slash sensitivity editor to do the whole thing for five cents. Right. Right. Which, which neither one of us have hired a sensitivity editor before, so we don't Correct. know exactly how much that costs. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't mean that, like, you know, give me exact numbers. I'm just saying, like, is it really so expensive? I want to say or break that I've seen two to three cents from the few people that it posted about yeah. their fees. Right. My one thinking is that it may not make or break your book to hire one, but it will definitely break your book if you don't and needed one. Right. Yeah. It just <laughs> takes one mistake. Yeah. And... Here's something I read about a few years ago, and it was talking about, you know, we all know that the police have a serious problem right now. Right. And actually, they probably had one forever, and and everybody knows about it now. Yeah. And the article was about how that, how do we fix this? And it talked about how that, and I know a bunch of people will disagree, that most police are just regular people. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're regular people that are in difficult situations, and they're not trained to really deal with them as effectively as they should be. And the problem is not that they're bad, it's that they have unconscious bias. And because of these unconscious bias, they can't see the mistakes they're making. Right. Because if you believe subconsciously that black people are bad, then you're not going to give them the benefit of the doubt that you would give that same white teenager, say, that's in the exact same situation. So what these people are doing is training them to see their own bias and that's really what a sensitivity editor is about. It's not about saying you are bad and are putting out a bad product. It's saying you 
have unconscious bias that you don't have a lot of control over until somebody shows it to you. Right. And, well, and that's I, the that's what we're talking about here. We're not saying these are a bunch of racists. Right. We're saying you're blind to other experiences other than your own because that's natural. Most game writers are not asshole bigots on purpose. No, no. I, I, I really believe that. Right? Now, that doesn't change the fact that they still make mistakes sure. that need oh, yeah. to be but dealt with. Here's how a lot of a lot of the things happen like this. I'm a I'm a pretty reasonable person. Sure. Right? I, I like to think of myself as pretty... I try to be pretty inclusive and pretty sensitive about stuff. But if I, for the gum belt, hired five artists to do, you know, 300 drawings for the book. Sure. And then I just took them and then put them all in the book where I wanted them to go and printed it, right? And then in, and then somebody looks at it and goes, well, wait a second. There are no girls in any of these these drawings. Where are all the women in this book? Yeah. Where's all right? the people of color? And it's not because, it's not because I wasn't, I was sitting there going, you know what I want in my book? White dudes. Nothing but white dudes. <laughs> white right? dudes on it's dinosaurs. It, it's because I have all sorts of creative things going in different directions to make this whole book happen. Mm-hmm. And that includes looking at five different artists' pieces of work completely separately of one another. Yeah. And, and missed the fact that when you put them all together... It was completely not inclusive at all. Well, if it makes you feel any better, all of the critters I'm drawing are girls. Awesome. Yeah. If I can't see their proof, then it's not true. Well, <laughs> you would be able to see the proof if they were dudes. But the point is, I believe that in most instances, those sort of mistakes are mistakes. They're accidents. Yeah, I'll even go as you far know? to say that probably the dude on this that's being the real asshole on the, on your thread here. He's probably a completely reasonable human being. And he doesn't realize that he has unconscious bias. Right. So he right. thinks, well, look, I, I didn't say any racial slurs. Right. So it's fine. Yeah, it's like, no. One of the related questions that came up in this thread was, okay, what makes an editor qualified to be a sensitivity editor? Like, well, that's a that, tricky question. What's that mm-hmm. even mean? Because it means something different to everybody. Mm-hmm. And... Not everyone is going to be, uh, like someone who is an expert on racial sensitivity may not necessarily be an expert on, on sexual orientation or gender issues. Right. Um, and so somebody asked that, uh, and it kind of came from this idea. Somebody also had said, well, as long as you make an effort to be inoffensive, then you should be fine. Well, making an effort is the first step. It is the first step. And actually, I think somebody said that in response. Well, that's the first step. Right, but but, but that leads into what I was saying a second ago. Like, like uh, even if I made an expert, the fact is things are going to get by me because these projects are large. Right. Right? So someone had said, you know, an experienced sensitivity reader would look for would know what to look for. They would look for the fact that 80% of the NPCs in your book are male. Or all of those male NPCs have important leadership positions in society and female NPCs do not. Or they'd notice there are no non-binary NPCs. Um, They would notice that every NPC that's in the military or the police is depicted as someone that's not a good person. Uh, They'll point out that skin colors of people of color are mentioned, but skin colors of white people are not. Yeah. Um, They would say that... you know, th- th- she goes on to say that a surprising a surprising amount of that sort of thing happens without an author realizing that it ever happened, and certainly without them ever having an intention of depicting things unbalanced. Yep. 
<laughs> and that's the end. That's the end. Yeah. No, I think that it's very easy to do that because society has tra- trained us to do that. Right. You know, if a Watch guard... TV. Well, no, I mean, like, you know, if you say a guard walks up to you, everyone at that at the table is going to assume that it is a white male guard. Right. You know, the, you have to specify. You have to specify that it's a, a female. The that guy, it's, the, you, know. you walk up to the bartender in the tavern in Dungeons and Dragons, and if that's the full description of them, you assume it's a white male human. Mm-hmm. It's that. It's the whole thing that that happened when you played Harlem Unbound. There was a bunch of people who constantly ask, "Is this character black?" And the guy would say, "Chris would go, everybody." Is black. Everybody. I will tell you if they're not. Right. <laughs> and having to reverse that thinking. I, I want to say that there was just as many people of color at that table who made that mistake as there were white people. Right. And it's because, because it's the default, unfortunately. Yeah, we've been trained as a society to, to assume that. Right. And a sensitivity editor, that's the sort of thing they can pick up. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was writing a one-page RPG that I was going to publish digitally and I wasn't expecting to make that much money off of it. And I, I might not hire one because I might not be able to afford it. And the, re- the truth is there, there's also a reality in just the fact that if you're trying to not be offensive, you will likely not make a grievous career-ending mistake in one page. Right. <laughs> I mean, But if I was going to try to kickstart a full book like you are, I would at least consider it. Right. Right. Uh, one of the uh, another person who is uh, turns out to be very cool in this thread said that the interesting thing about using inclusive language is that the only people that complain are those who object to inclusive language because they have a problem with inclusivity, not because they have any sort of problem with your game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, generally, and it's always don't include other people. <laughs> Like, don't be inclusive to other people because there are, you know, you never see anybody of color go, you know, complaining, oh, wait, you included me. Yeah. (laughs) How dare you? You you don't hear a woman going, yo, no, no, please don't include me in this. Like, don't don't represent me. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit then about how do we change our culture so that there isn't this knee jerk reaction uh, like when the White Wolf stuff happened, the big the big statement that kept appearing on White Wolf's Facebook page was, why are you letting social justice warriors ruin my vampire, right? And the truth is this had nothing really to do with social justice warriors. It really had more to do with the fact that taking, uh, taking the Chechenian persecution of homosexuals and turning it into a, uh, a vampire plot... Uh, was in some was offensive to some people because they felt like it trivialized it's, it. And it's insensitive in general. Yeah, right. So how do we move move our culture to the point where we can convince all of these middle aged white guys who play all these these role playing games that being more inclusive and more diversive uh, that those things and more sensitive that those things are positive and they don't need to knee jerk and say no, I don't even want to hear it. You're ruining my vampire game or you're ruining my Dungeons and Dragons. How do, how do we show them that it's okay to to allow those things and, and become a better community? Well, to me, a, a larger and more diverse community is always desirable. So, But we're not talking about the use and the That's right. That's right. Uh, what is it taken away from the game? That's what you have to ask yourself. What can you not do anymore that you could before? 
I well, don't you, think that those people are going to hear that, though. No, what I'm trying to say is... Their answer is, well, I can't have my vampire persecute homosexuals in Chechnya yeah. anymore. Um, I well, actually... No, because we're not talking to those people. But it, but we're talking to the darkness. Pe- we're talking to the people that are in the middle that are that are saying, you're taking it too far, which social justice warrior. So I'm saying, if, what have they taken away from you? One of the problems I think we have as a gaming as gaming communities is that the middle is not vocal. No, we are yet. only hearing from the that's ex- true of every we're, community. We're only hearing from the extreme social justice warrior and the extreme. I hesitate to say like bigoted asshole, but I, I mean I don't. In know some that I'm cases, wrong. it's absolutely I think true. Blinded people, like the people it's that are trying are just, to benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think it's unfortunately a rip the band aid off type of situation. Okay, like I don't think there's any middle ground that we're going to be able to go. Hey guys. Let's make everything better. And everyone's just going to kind of calm down and realize that we should all be sensitive. Um, Like, I I think that if you compare what gaming is now to what gaming is going to be in 10 years, I think in 10 years, all the books are going to have sensitivity editors. And it's not even going to be a big thing, you know. And if you, I mean, even if you look at games that are published now from 10 years ago. It is a big change. It's a huge change, and I think it's going to keep changing. And I think there's going to always be people that are vocal, you know, rallying for whatever they believe in very loudly. But I think that the middle ground, everything kind of keeps creeping to a good balance. There was a time when White Wolf published a book called Gypsies. Hmm. And if that book was published today... Well, it wouldn't be. It First of all, would never have been published. But if they had published it today, it would have completely ruined them forever. Mm-hmm. There would never be another va- vampire edition. Uh, but back at the time, instead, it came out and they got a few people who went, ooh. But, uh, and they over still time, sold a bunch of copies. But they still sold a bunch of copies. And today, of course, it's looked back on as like the... The, the worst. That, the, yeah, the worst. Um, but I mean, not as bad as the game that Jason just found. Right. No, no, no. Well, but the point is, <laughs> the point I'm getting at though is that today, all they had to do was publish uh, a few dice roll examples, <laughs> and it was a big deal. And it was a big deal. Right. Now the content right. was bad too. Uh, yeah, but problematic. But, right. I mean, to the point where they their publishing arm was shut down yes. because of a few things in a book, in one book, a book that would have been considered progressive. 15 years ago. Back mm-hmm. when they published Gypsies. Yes. So I think that, that we do have to acknowledge that, that things, the world is changing. Yeah. The, and, you know, and the books are going to change with it. And so how do we get our gaming, how do we get gamers to change with it? I think we get our gamers to change by changing the books. Also by being a good we, example in your community. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we are the leaders. People that are the, uh, the, the game masters, the storytellers, people that make the books. We are the leaders of our gaming communities. We have to be better. I which believe, means that the, the gaming books have to be better. I believe we need to hear more vocalization from the folks who are in the middle. Like I think we need to hear more from people who look at at a Dungeons and Dragons book with a with a scantily clad woman with giant breasts, and they look at that and they and they think, well, that's a bit much, right? Instead right? of instead of just overlooking it, go, hey, hey guys, that was a bit much. That was a bit yeah. much, you know. Like and instead, I think our our 
gaming companies are only hearing from those two extreme ends. And then and they, they just figure out which one they want to sell to. And they don't know what yeah. to do. Right. Right? Because, I mean, like, the White Wolf thing is such a great example because half of their crowd was saying was saying stop making uh, books that are offensive and the other half of the group was saying stop letting offended people tell you to stop making books that are offensive. But in what reality, do you do? But in reality, 75% of us went, ugh, not again, and then close right. that Facebook. Most of the people <laughs> fell on the end of being offended. Right. But not so not so horrifically offended that they were calling for people's heads or asking for them to be doxxed. It's like yeah. uh, when D and D included all the uh, uh, like we talked about earlier the non-white models for the different characters. Mm-hmm. Right? There were people out there who was saying, "Ugh, what you've you've not this isn't D and D anymore. This is some <laughs> woman's game." Guess what? I'm not gonna. I'm probably not the kind of guy who stands up and says, no, this is for everybody on a Facebook thread, but maybe I should. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe I should be like, what's wrong with you, man? It, there's some women in there. who like <laughs> That's not taking anything away from you. This drawing being of a woman instead of a man does not change your character. Right. And this drawing of a woman who looks like an actual person is not hurting you. There's plenty of that out there for you. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that the answer is is we in the middle need to make our voices heard so that the the assholes, you know, and the asshole bigots know yeah. that, that they are not in a majority just because they are the most loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to show, you know, that that we want change and that it's good. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm going back and reading uh, an older book series right now, and I got through the first book. And I was struck by the fact that, wait a minute, there was only like two women in this whole thing, and both of them were sex objects. And that was it. Well, what about the Wheel of Time? Oh, they, don't even get me they started on that They that all of the women are bad guys. I didn't, I've never read the Wheel of Time. Irony, the women are bad guys. What was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, wheel, wheel of Time, like, I've had I a had lot of no people. no idea. Yeah, yeah never, a lot of people, like, they literally... Make it where the guy, the men and women are op- opposed to each other. They're like, at war, kind they're of. They're at war. There is not one single instance of a male-female relationship of any kind that's healthy. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and like you know, and these people are all nuts for it. And I if don't you were, get it. But if you were to fix it, uh, you would be a social justice warrior, ruining my wheel of time. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. You you know what? Mm-hmm. Wheel of time is something that came out when I was I was younger, and I just missed it. And I had no idea that that's yeah. what it was like. Oh, it's it's pretty rough. How come nobody talks about the fact that the Wheel of Time has no positive female characters? Or well, na- well they're going to go, well, so-and-so is a positive character. And it's like, she literally can't talk to her husband. Oh, you know, like crazy. What? You know, or, or you know, like, like they, they, they had one character. I, I read like five or six of the books. Like, I tried really Isn't hard. Isn't there like 20 of them? Something like that. I don't know. And they had one character that was like a, a female character who like her name was Min and she was just like whatever I'm gonna do what I want to do and I don't care if you're a guy or a girl and I was like okay this is a cool character and then she fell in love and became an idiot and oh, I was like oh my gosh that's worse yeah it's worse yeah like you you had a character and you took it from us it was mm. Mm. Mm-mm. so there you go there so what you're go. saying is in a book series in which you were not particularly a fan but there was a character that you felt like represented you. Yeah, you, you were interested and bought copies, or at least read them. Yeah, and then they they. Uh, no. 
but yeah, then but they the, ruined it. <laughs> but and the last thing I think I want to touch on is is that the other the other cry the other whine in there is that uh, you're that making your books more inclusive or or more sensitive is allowing social justice warriors to censor your work. And I think that for that, I just want to address that you don't know what the word censorship means, if that's what yeah, you think. Yeah, no. Right. You know, technically, demanding that a company not change their work <laughs> is censorship. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, like, a company wanting to hire an editor to just do due, digi- due diligence. Because that's make, really what most of this really is. really what this is, right? Due diligence. If you are writing a role-playing game about jet planes... You're gonna hire a jet, a mechanic, a mechanic to read through it and make sure that you got jet planes right. I, I don't know. I've read some old role playing books that had. St- <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've never seen how right. a car works. <laughs> but you wouldn't write a you wouldn't write a Marvel superheroes role playing game without having somebody from Marvel take a look and make sure you got Daredevil right. That's right. Okay. If so, you want it to be good, yeah. So why would you not write a book that? Uh, that talks about different cultures and not have somebody check and make sure that you, you didn't screw up cultures. And, and here's here's a hot take. If you've got a role-playing game that's a race class system, you've got different cultures. Right. Almost certainly. Yeah. And so you need to have somebody look at those because a lot of times the like like the way we might think of dwarves or elves, you'll have some unconscious bias that you don't realize is it, it could be bad. Right. And and you might be appropriating a culture and not even realizing it because you're actually copying something else from society and you've never that seen what the root of that was. Yeah, yeah. And and censorship is being forced to change something against your will. Choosing to hire an editor to make your work better is not censorship. No, no. You know, at its worst, could it be bowing to the pressure of your consumer? Possibly, but. If bowing to the pressure of your consumer to make your book better makes your book better, what, yeah. what's and the makes, problem? And, like, everybody talks about hurt feelings now. But you know what? I don't want to hurt people's feelings unless they deserve it. I certainly don't want to do it accidentally. Right. Yeah, you know, I think about that a lot. Every Everything that I write with the gun belt, I'm always constantly thinking, I'm a middle-aged white guy. Like, do I know enough about this, the, these things to, to make this right, you know? And in the end, you know, my, our intention is to have somebody look at it because mm-hmm. I am a and, middle-aged white guy. And you know, know what? If, if you can't afford an actual editor, you have friends. Right. You know, have your friends look it over. You have friends that have different orientations or you have, you know, every, you've got people you can reach out to. Right. And if you can, give them something. Yeah, absolutely. Buy them a, a copy pizza. Of, give them a copy of the book. You know what? A lot of gamers totally would love to just have their book. Their page, name in the book. Their name on the, the yeah. intro page of the book. And it's something. Right. That's a start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, we've... Hey, if you're a sensitivity editor, comment on our Facebook page <laughs> <laughs> and tell us what we got wrong. But more than that, advertise. Yeah. Because there there's people out there who are looking for them. Apparently, yeah. 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 All right. Well, that uh, is the end of combat rounds. Let's go ahead and go to game wrap. All right. Welcome to game wrap. So uh, I guess let's just remind folks you can find us at honorablepodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, 
Anywhere else? Twitter at Honor Roll Podcast. Facebook.com slash group slash Honor Roll Podcast. Posts at honorrollpodcast.com. And of course, you can go to patreon.com slash Honor Roll Podcast. So, I guess it's time to give experience points. Woo-hoo. So, um, Carrie. Yes. You get four female experience points. <laughs> That's okay. I thought he was going to say 69 experience points. And three male experience points. They're worth more, right? They are worth more. So that's really like six. I'm done. I'm done. Close this down. (laughs) Jason, your experience points are all white. Yeah. And you are getting uh, seven. That sounds like a good number. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm just trying to be... More inclusive. Yeah, okay. You, maybe you need a sensitivity reader. <laughs> yeah. This whole podcast needs a sensitivity listener. That's true. Or more just listeners in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's generally whatever you can do. Whatever you can do. All right, next week, uh, join us when our topic is the sociopolitical ramifications of flip flops in LARPs. Yeah. Uh, until I next time. That's right. Until <laughs> next time, uh, you know, this is Ryan, Carrie, and Jason. And remember, the only way to win at a role playing game is to have fun. Have fun. Mm. and opinions expressed on the Honor Roll podcast belong to just those who are here on the podcast and nobody else. All of the music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Incompetech.com